2: To the I'm still sweating, uh, quite a bit, but it, it seems to be the norm out here, so it's uh, anything goes. It's hotter. Don't tell me that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're all still sweating.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just I had to change before I even come out here and see you guys. Yeah, just dripping. Dare I say? Swamp ass.
1: Swamp ass. That's what time it is. 8-31,
2: <laughs> swamp ass. Just wait until it's July 31. Oh. Oh.
1: Baker Mayfield. That's right, Mike. I mean, It is it is it is one of the unspoken beauties of Tampa is the fact that, yeah, you go down there and you go, man, it's going to be great weather. It's awesome. Throwing the football in warm air. And it's, nothing beats it. There's a little humidity, so the ball is sticky. That's great. But you never really realize, oh, wait, I'm going to have a big 300-pound man snapping me the ball who's going to be extremely hot, and that's where it it tests you during practice. Like I've told you before, it's like a wet ball drill. It really is throughout the spring and into the summer, and he's going to have to tinker with some ideas on how to keep the center and the ball dry a little bit.
2: Yeah, Baker Mayfield, you may think you know center Ryan Jensen.
1: You don't <laughs> That's know right. him the way you're going <laughs>
2: right. to know him when training camp rolls around. Unless you insist in shotgun formation all the time. And maybe he will. But, maybe he'll say, you yeah. know what? I really have a much better command of the offense when I'm in shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Fewer distractions. One significant distraction eliminated from the entire discussion as Swamp Ass reaches full bloom. It really is fascinating to see which way this is going to go for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if Baker Mayfield rediscovers the form we saw in 2018 and 2020, things, yes, could be much better than people expect them to be for the Buccaneers. There's a parallel between Mayfield and his old team. His old team as a quarterback that we last saw play at his highest degree of capabilities in 2020. Mayfield we last saw at his highest degree of capabilities in 2020. And it doesn't seem like that long ago, but you know what? As football seasons go, it's a long time. Three no, years is a long time.
1: Yes, And it. if any
2: position is still going to allow the man who plays it to retain a high level of ability, three years later, it's
1: quarterback. So we'll see. We'll see. Exactly right. I mean, you know, like we talked we, – we hit on it a little yesterday. We know that defense has still got a ton of talent. I don't think that's going anywhere. The style of offense and how they play there, I think that's still – you know, wait and see, post-Brady era. I don't think it's going to look the same, of course. I think Todd Bowles is probably have a little bit more of a let's ball control, play defense, play action passes, boots. I could see that being a big part of their, you know, formula. But, yeah, they're still weapons. Godwin, another year out from his, right, injury. Chris Godwin and his ACL. So I would expect him to be better than what we saw last year. Mike Evans still was good last year. But it wasn't his best. Does he have a bounce back? Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. They're an interesting team. And and like you said with Baker Mayfield, he's going to have to tinker with that and Ryan Jensen. We saw Brady Brady down there dealing with Swamp Bass would fold up a big towel, right? And we saw this, uh, or I remember seeing this on the field in the pregame against the Dallas Cowboys two years ago in the season opener. But the big towel folded up, and then – they stuck it down his pants back there where you'd put your hands for a quarterback, and that seemed to work pretty good for Brady. He, sure, he surely controlled the ball while he was down there.
2: I just had a flashback to the pregame show for week one that night right? in Tampa yeah. when there was a discussion about the heat, and a certain very large <laughs> yeah, analyst right. had a look on his face that showed the tension, the temptation to utter the notorious phrase, Swamp ass for a national (laughs) audience on NBC. You at least thought about it, and you gave that look that let us all know you were thinking about it, too. I remember that very well. Well, (laughs) Well, the show's PFT Live, and boy, it's weird to talk about football right out of the gates. Usually we talk about all sorts of other stuff. We're on Peacock Series XM85, Sky Sports Action, assuming they take the show on the days that I'm not in my studio and I'm down here in my office because there's something broken in my studio that prevents the camera from actually working
1: so what's going I on i guess i could do, do it
2: from up there it would just be a black screen which some would say is an improvement
1: oh definite improvement there we just want to hear you we don't want to see you i mean geez i, I mean i didn't know that was an option we should have sat I you there my forehead stopped. <laughs> yeah itchy yeah another itch now. there huh i've been itchy a lot the last two days <laughs> <laughs> so what we got what do we got we got somebody oh, they're moving the camera around on over too. Are they now, driving the somebody down this weekend or t- today they gonna drive somebody Somebody's... down Somebody jumped in a car and drove down wow. and going to be here after Man. the show, poor, poor guy. Man, that's when – right, uh, uh, all right, so I, we're going to dive into yesterday's Twitter poll question. Maybe the Twitter question for today should be um, – Um, Would you feel guilty about making a worker drive a thousand miles because your camera doesn't work? I think that's a fair question. Let's put it out there. Well, first of all, all, that's
2: probably not a problem that most people can relate to. In fact, it's only like the second time it's ever happened since I've had this set up here in my home. But I had to drive a lot when I practiced law. Now, there were times I had to drive six or seven hours. Sometimes it's just part of the gig. The, the, the poor bastard that has to make the trip, does he yes. realize that he signed up for having to drive to West Virginia in late May, early June? Probably not. And yeah. I appreciate very much that. Right. And my wife is always over the top, like, we need to give him food. We need to give him, you know, it's like he probably has a company credit card where he can get food. But like she said, we had to, this guy came a long way. We need to take care of him. So I'm going to be... In the middle of that today, Good. she's going to want to get pepperoni rolls at some point because Good. that's local delicacy. She's you better a get him pepperoni, pepperoni grill. Rolls. You
1: better if you don't. If I get a report and you don't get him pepperoni rolls, I'm I'm going to make fun of you on Monday. I'm we're coming out on talking about that on the show. But well, wait a minute, wait a
2: minute. You're going to be making fun of me about something. It's just a well, matter you're of right. my poison. If it's not that, it's going to be something else. Yesterday it was Legos, and one of the things I learned. <laughs> And I don't know whether or not this is accurate, but part of the feedback we received in response to your unjustified assault on my Lego habit (laughs) is that the plural of Lego is Lego, not Legos. I didn't know that. And I've been messing around with Legos most of my life. Me too. Lego, Lego, Lego my Lego. I guess there's no S. I don't know. All I know is Pete Demolitis sent out this poll thinking it was going to be a diss track against me and it ended up being a win <laughs> it blew up in your face i it you blew up it in my face 75%. i did not think it was no. going to be
1: that much yes i i did not i
2: was going to be 75 no 25 right. yes at best right for yes, i did at best
1: yeah i i did you not think it was going to do that way I, I, into surprise trap. yeah but well Read it. I mean, some of the things we got, I, we got a few therapeutical like responses. That's right? what I was saying. I That's know. So saying. you it were right very there.
2: Therapeutic. There's something about it that is soothing to the mind. Jack Scanlon said Legos or Lego are very therapeutic. I have, I haven't built Legos since middle school, but I remember whenever I was, up, I was upset or anxious, I would always turn to my Legos. They never ceased to soothe my mind. And they were straight So up, he said it's
1: okay, but he has yet to do it himself as an yeah. adult.
2: Yeah. It was therapeutic when he was in middle <laughs> school. Right. But it can be therapeutic to an adult as well, no matter how old that adult may be. Ian said, look, there are studies proving the therapeutic effect of Legos, specifically in adults. Thank you, Ian. Legos have even say they're targeting stressed out adults because of this it's therapy in this world of insanity and stress so yes we we i got i got, some support.
1: I got two got some to support. well i got two to read that i that are like lisa p okay she got like personal, really, right? She wrote, My mid teen put this together. He will start the Eiffel Tower now that the finals are finished. So she had a picture of it, right? But why turn something that someone enjoys into a negative comment and reaction? We're just having yes. fun, Lisa. Jeez. No, you weren't. We were. We no, weren't. We were, there we were was too. An
2: edge Who is of, Lisa? There was an edge I got to look truth. closer.
1: Do I know that person? I feel like I do. I need to look closer to. Uh, personally attack lisa is that the titanic it I looked that's really impressive damn that's that, a, that's the pre-iceberg titanic well, i wonder if there's a post-iceberg
2: you. lego titanic
1: you gotta build the iceberg that, and then then you put it together <laughs> from there <laughs> and then we got a great one at the end here from i am a bullfrog right which i'm guessing he's a tcu fan hundred percent yes he says And you could throw in a puzzle, too. Nothing like getting stoned and trying to put a puzzle together. I can get behind (laughs) that. I can see you Uh, with this piece.
2: At first, got to stare at the piece for what you think is 10 minutes, but is actually 10 seconds. Exactly. (laughs) Time moves at a very different rate when you are... When you are in that uh, uh, condition. Yes, it does. Uh, but, but yeah, once you sufficiently stare at the piece, then you commence the process of figuring out where the piece fits in. I loved and hated puzzles when I was a kid. And, uh, you, know, you know, looking for the corner pieces. There was that constant fear that a piece had, had been lost. Right. Fell on the floor. Until you got to something. the very end. Right. You weren't sure. And I would always count. It looks like I got six holes left. I got six pieces. You know, I'm not going to get down to the end of this puzzle and there's going to be a piece missing. So I worry about that with the Legos as well. Now, everything comes, I, you know, when I send you, once I select an appropriate Lego set and send it to you for construction in the slow time. And by the way, they are not cheap, but what they do is they have them bagged that in like different numbered bags, you start with bag number one, and it's a bag full of pieces. And sometime within the bag, there's a smaller bag with all the tiny little pieces. And I'm reminded of the fact that you have gigantic claw hands. Yeah. And some of those pieces really are small. But they've got bags, bags within bags, that Ghostbusters firehouse that's back there that thing had like 20 bags and took forever and it's so intricate when you, you that ghostbusters firehouse has a hinge and it opens up and there are rooms in the ghostbusters firehouse wow. with very intricate little you know tables and kitchens and beds and video games and you know what? Maybe I am too old. For hey,
1: you—you're you, you, <laughs> hearing yourself. I'm—I was I'm, like I'm just about house. to jump in there it and go, hey, like do you house. hear yourself now?" Where you're going here? <laughs> I'm glad you finally self-recognized there. <laughs> but it—but it was—but uh, it, was, it was
2: therapeutic. I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll pop it open and I'll send you pictures of what it looks like inside. It right. is something that, again, it's like I said, going to the grocery store. You have a beginning, a middle, and the end. You have something you construct. And maybe I should be using that inclination for something more productive than building a Ghostbusters dollhouse. But but still, it helps. It helps balance out dealing with you. I get it. I get it. Hey, you you need a
1: little yin to the yang. I got you. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Now,
2: tonight, your Thursday night, which is also your Friday night, are you going to sit back with uh, some whatever you're drinking now and whatever you're smoking. Now that's an easier guess. Right. Are you going to watch the game one heat and the nuggets NBA finals?
1: Definitely. Definitely. I'm uh so uh, drinking uh, probably not tonight Yeah smoking. Yes. You know, that me and my sativa weeds, I'm going to definitely be diving in there. Uh, but but drinking, as of late, I mean, not as of late. I've been on a Chopin kick, Mike. You know, my Chopin vodka. That's what I like. I've gotten away from tequila. I don't mess with that much anymore. It's like I drank so much of it for a while, I got myself sick of it. So when I do have a drink, I'm going to my po- Chopin. It's a potato vodka. That's my... Usually I my think drinking- they're
2: all potato. I think they're all potato. No, vodka. they're
1: not. They're not all potato. No, a lot of them are like grain and different other, you know, they uh-huh. they have different ways in which they do it. Right. That's why I choose the potato because, you know, I was told by health professionals and I feel like I feel it that your body can process it a little bit better since it is a potato as compared to, you know, grains or whatever else that could be almost like a, a white bread or whatever. And in, in some of the vodkas.
2: When you said you may have had enough of the tequila that you got sick of it, I wonder whether there was a night where you had so much of it that it made you sick. Because that is the hallmark for shying away from a certain type of drink, especially certain brands of tequila. I had a friend who comes over. All he's got to do is smell the Don Julio, and he starts to gag.
1: I, I did not get to that, but I did have, like, I think I had multiple nights, like, what was that, last summer, where, like, yeah, didn't feel good one night, might have thrown up, and then did it again, like, you know, and was like, ah, so what, it's just one night, whatever, it didn't get me like that, but then got at me again later in the summer, and then I think that's where I was a little bit like, okay, I, I, I don't like this right now, and I, I've stayed away from it pretty much other than one night ever since. I have not touched tequila.
2: By the way, the entire Lego conversation, what a pivot from tequila to Lego. It was sparked because someone noticed over my shoulder yesterday the Seinfeld set in the background. It's impressive. It is. There it is. There's George with his fishing pole in the marble rye. There's all sorts of references to the various episodes of the show in there. Kramer is holding a pretzel because these pretzels are making me thirsty. Elaine has a bag of goldfish because when they're lost in the parking lot, she's very concerned about her two goldfish, who eventually die because they once they found the car, they couldn't find Kramer. There is a coffee table book about coffee tables on top of Jerry's coffee table. Newman is lurking in the background. I see that. Newman. Some people pointed out. Some people pointed out that it's not actually correct because for example the computer was not in a little nook in a little alcove in the apartment it was out in the open well I didn't design it I just built it and I didn't build it wrong I built it the way it came it didn't it it wasn't designed to be all in one room and I decided you know what I'm gonna freelance here I'm gonna go rogue and do this in a way that has a little room that the computer's in that's how it was designed and people were saying, Oh, it's not to scale because if Kramer came through that door, he'd go right into the couch. I understand all that. That's how the people at Lego <laughs> designed it. Uh, I just put it together the way that it came. So, uh, it,
1: it's impressive. It really is. And it's funny how people get in so obsessed with the details. So it's uh but really good job, Mike. I mean, I, I'm impressed.
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I did something an eight year old could do. Very impressive. But, uh, You do, but you got to follow the instructions. You got to do it just right. And, you know, I've been uh, with the Ghostbusters house with this freaking typewriter that I'll probably have to finish now so I can hold it up and show it. Although we're only doing the show one more day today here. So by tomorrow, it won't matter. But, uh, you know, if you get something wrong, you got to take stuff apart and you got to figure out where you missed a piece. And you really have to take your time because the worst feeling is having to go back and rip apart. And I had to do that. With the Ghostbusters house, and I got a rocket back there that I that that you may be able to see a little piece of it sticking out where you could take everything apart and put it all back together again, and that is frustrating. So the whole idea is it's a stress reliever, unless you screw something up and then frustrate the
1: hell out of it, and then you're stressed. All right, you done? Are you done? Are you ready for football now? Okay, let's go. Pete, have you not
2: realized that saying on to football is an invitation for me to think of something else? we can talk about. I didn't tell you about, and this is another, I'll tell you this real quick and then we'll move on. This is another example of how this life that we lead, where we're obsessed with football and we're thinking about football all the time, trickles into our subconscious and into our dream world. Because right before I woke up this morning, I was having a dream that I was having a conversation with Jerry Jones outside of an elevator and then onto the elevator. And the elevator would eventually get stuck. I woke up not long after the elevator got stuck, where Jerry Jones was telling me how important it is to increase ratings and all of his ideas for getting more people to watch NFL games instead of other shows on TV because that's been front and center in so much of the discussion lately. It seeped into my brain. So I got Jerry Jones, who was much shorter in my dream than he is in real life for some reason. Jerry Jones haranguing me over his ideas for attracting more people to watch NFL games on TV. well, One of his ideas
1: I heard in the dream was to talk about football on a football show, so let's get going. (laughs) Here we go. All right,
2: uh, the New York Jets. And one of the good things about OTA sessions, teams make coaches, players available from time to time, so it gives us something to react to, something to talk about, something to analyze. Robert Sala, coach of the Jets, yesterday talking about – uh, will the Jets change their pre-practice routine given that Aaron Rodgers injured himself in pre-practice conditioning last week? Here's Robert Saul
0: I still argue he's a, he's still a young man, the way he takes care of his body. I know his age, his, his body is not his age, but uh, there's always, you know, we've got to do a better job just making sure we communicate with the players and understanding where they are at certain points and um, uh but as far as the uh i think that was that was our first uh tweak in in our in our stretching or a- activation period but uh but we'll always look to modify if we need to
2: you know what that was you know what that was at the beginning when he made sure he said i always say he's a young man and the, remember that comment last week where sala said he's an old man in a young man's body or something that 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 caused roger to say is that a compliment like they're learning to tiptoe around the delicate genius
0: around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: I'm ready to go! Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything
1: except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with
2: single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover, new series streaming now, only on Peacock. We're going to get to something that came out yesterday with Aaron Rodgers quotes regarding his lingering consternation with the folks in Green Bay. They are learning. You better watch what you say and what you do with Aaron Rodgers because he's smart, he pays attention, he holds grudges, and he is super sensitive. I think that was a lot of what came through in the front end of the clip. And in the back end of the clip, look, he's not going to – they do what they do. This is what we do. Hey, Aaron, this is what we do. Sorry you tweaked your calf. This is what we do. This is how we get our guys ready for practice. If you weren't 39, you wouldn't have tweaked your calf. It's an old man injury. Sorry. We create these drills for young men. I guess we have to adjust them now. I think that's what Robert Sala would have liked to have said, but that would not have helped anyone.
1: No, well, you're right. It wouldn't help anybody. You know, I, I have a hard time thinking that was the sole reason for him pulling the calf muscle or whatever. You know, As we know, again, like you said, they're doing activation stuff. They're doing things to warm up, get the body and muscles going. So more times or not, whether he stretched too aggressively before practice, did something in the days leading up to practice, probably had, I mean, it was just waiting to go, you know, him warming up and jumping, you know, just a few inches off the ground with a medicine ball in his hands should not pull a calf muscle, not even for an old man at 39 or whatever else, but they'll adjust. They will. And I doubt you see Rogers do, you know, some of that stuff very aggressively, even when he gets back in the fold. You know, he'll stand over there and kind of go through the motions. And that's what he'll be granted. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's got enough you know, pelts, pelts on his horse or wall, whatever we want to say there. To he's go, got enough
2: Legos on the shelf. He's got
1: enough Legos on the shelf for for to pull a power move like that where, you know, he might not do it or he's just not as aggressive with it and they'll adjust and go on and nobody's going to care because, yeah, he's that's kind of part of the hierarchy of the NFL a little bit and stuff like that.
2: I've seen some of the photos of the day in question with the medicine ball and the sled they're running with a sled, pulling the sled as part of their free practice conditioning. Yeah. And I just wonder when he saw it, because he said he'd never done it before. Right. 18 years of reband, he'd never done it. Right. I just wonder whether he had a thought along the lines of, I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. They're making me do this. I don't want to do this. Now, I'm not here to suggest that he actually faked his injury. I know as a top five conspiracy theorist in the NFL, I probably should think that. I'm not suggesting he deliberately faked his injury just to send a message to the team. Don't tell me to do this. Don't expect me to do this. Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle can do this. I ain't doing this. But but regardless of whether it was a real or embellished injury, the message has been sent as evidenced by this quote from Robert Sala. We've got to do a better job just making sure we communicate with the players. Well, no. yeah, Yes, but there's one player in particular you better communicate with because he's different from the rest. He's not just one of the guys. He is the guy. And he's the guy that's going to make it known directly or indirectly, internally or externally. And he'll go external if need be. Remember the audible thing from year one of the Matt LaFleur regime in Green Bay. Aaron didn't like it. And they weren't going to change it until he made a public stink about it, getting Mike Silver in the middle of it with interviews and quotes and the Audible thing. And and he won. Aaron Rodgers knows how to win. If there's something he doesn't like, if there's something he doesn't believe in, if there's something he doesn't want to do, he knows how to manipulate behind the scenes or in front of the scenes to get what he wants,
1: I, I don't disagree with what you're saying there. You know, he he's good at that. He is at figuring out how to communicate, or you know, whatever you want to say, you know, communicate with with messages or crypt, you know cryptic messages. However, he's he's done it in the past. There's been a little bit of that for sure. This is one where I don't think much will be need, needed to be done. And hey, this is one too where hey the Jets are are learning too. Robert Sala is learning too. You know, you, you think about him and, and some of the people they got there. This is 40-year-old quarterbacks, even though we're kind of used to them. This is still new in the world as, as far as the history of the NFL. And Robert Sala, you know, I think it's probably the first time he's had a deal with something like this. And this is where you got to be maybe a little careful about how aggressive you are with an older guy like him or maybe even Dwayne Brown. Right, their tackle who's been around the NFL for a long time, those type of guys. Yeah, it might take them a little slower, a little longer to get going early on in practice, and you know that's usually where. Hey, that caliber of player who's been playing that long, nobody's looking at it going, oh, it's unfair, whatever. He he's earned the right to do that, and I don't think this will be an issue as they go forward. I think Rodgers will communicate with them somehow, and they'll figure out. You know, a way to save face and say, hey, we're still doing a routine over here, but it's going to be a little more conducive to how Rodgers feels about it instead of maybe as aggressive as pulling sleds or jumping up and down with a medicine ball in your hand.
2: It reminds me of what we said last week when this first occurred. Tom Brady has changed our expectations regarding the longevity of quarterbacks, but it shouldn't change our expectations. He is the outlier. He is the aberration. He is the guy who didn't have the athleticism that was going to get himself injured. Right. That's true. he didn't have the same explosion. He didn't have the same speed. He didn't have the same change of direction, the agility, the acceleration. He didn't have that. So he's far less likely to pull a muscle. Agreed. While he's running with a sled. And – Aaron Rodgers has that we saw the evidence of it we saw the video of him just the day before he suffered the injury running to the end zone he still moves like a guy who's much younger than 39 creeping toward 40 so that that's one of the wrinkles to this experiment by the Jets going all in with Aaron Rodgers actually a year older than when they went all in with Brett Favre Brett Favre turned 40 the first year he was playing for the Vikings He showed up 38, not 39, for his season with the Jets. So Roger's actually older than Favre, and let's see how this plays out as we get into training camp and practices and games. And he's running full speed. Will he have an old man injury, calf, hamstring, soft tissue in a game, and will that slow him down? We've seen him play with calf problems, but it takes away part of his game it takes away part of his game. He's got to, he's got to be a, a straight pocket passer. Right. Can't get on the move. And he's shown he can do it at a high level. But still, you're limiting his overall tool bag at a time when it would be helpful to have maximum abilities at his disposal to make the Jets as good as they can be.
1: Yeah, and it, you know, he's he's still there, right? So that's the positive, and they're hopeful that he might be able to practice tomorrow, right? And be full go. Or so we'll see where it's at. But nonetheless, him being there's still a big deal. And you know, hopefully slowly, but surely, even if he can't practice fully, the fact that it just, hey, if he could throw routes to, you know, drop back, throw a few balls, just be in the ear of certain receivers and, and other guys on the offensive line, it, that, that 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 does have value. So the, there is that. But, yeah, this is a, an ongoing experiment. And I understand what the Jets are trying to do. You know, the Jets, I mean, you see the, the A, G, N, B, all gas, no brakes. You know, the, the, they're all about – when they get on the practice field, it's, it's attack time. It's part of their culture, too. So, you know, I know there's some out there that are like, oh, why is Rodgers doing that or why would they make Rodgers do that? It's part of what the Jets do. You know, some teams take the approach of we're going to go out there and kind of go through the motions for a few periods – and and that's how we're going we're gonna to do that and then kind of get warm through that and then we're going to start practicing, the Jets are one of those teams that they want to go, they have a little period of like, no, let's everybody get warm and go and do some individual drills because when we get together as a team, there's never a period of we're just going to go through the motions. It's all gas, no brakes. It's time to hit the pedal to the metal and fly around. So that's kind of what they are as a football team for those who are a little critical about their process. Now, yeah, again, they got to adjust, and they will, and they're smart, and Rodgers certainly isn't afraid to talk, so they'll figure out the right way to approach all this.
2: Well, and the reality is they have to adjust to the fact that they've got an older quarterback now. Joe Douglas just told me a few weeks ago one of the reasons they didn't have a veteran quarterback when Zach Wilson was a rookie is they went all in with youth movement. So you've got a young team for the first two years of Robert Sala's tenure as the head coach. You can do it that way. Now you've got to adjust the way you do things on the fly with Aaron Rodgers there because it's not going to work for him the way it works for all these young players. And they found out the hard way last week because they haven't had the benefit of his involvement in these OTA practices where guys can be getting more comfortable with him, regardless of how comfortable he needs to get with the Jets offense. And that leads to and this this is fascinating to me. Now, I've only written one story about this so far at PFT because I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this. Do I just milk the cow all at once, or do I turn this into five or six different items? And Pete Demolitus has done a nice job of breaking this down into a bunch of different quotes, and each one has layers and levels. Let's start with this, though, and let me set the stage Yeah, here. go ahead, Yesterday Mike. You said it. Yeah. The Athletic, Matt Schneidman, who covers the Packers for The Athletic, Posted a very long article, but not that long. Not your typical 10,000 words, and everybody in the business says bravo, even though none of them read it. That's how the game goes. Everybody in the business, oh, great, great, long article. Great, great. Didn't read more than 50 words of it, but just great to see this kind of journalism. 10,000 words. I'll get around to reading it one of these days before I die, unless I don't. So um, so anyway, <laughs> that was gratuitous, but fun. Um, The gist of the article, one of the big takeaways was two years ago after Rogers wanted out and didn't get out, he wanted Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the team, to get fired. Well, as soon as I saw we knew that. We knew that. Charles Robinson of Yahoo reported that two years ago. Isn't it weird? I don't know what the statute of limitations is on something someone has already reported to allow people to act like it's new. And that's not new. That's not new. And I would assume that the people, that someone at The Athletic that was involved in this. And I'm not taking a shot here, I'm just reacting to what they did. Either Schneidman or his editor or his boss or her boss or whoever, somebody had to have. Like, where's the institutional recollection of the fact that two years ago this was reported? It was reported. Why do you not just acknowledge that Charles Robinson reported this two years ago? Brian Gutekunst was on the way out if Aaron Rodgers had his way. And Rogers was quoted at length in the story when he was asked about wanting Gutakunons to be fired. He referred Schneidman to his agent, and his agent didn't call Schneidman back now, if that ain't confirmation without confirmation, I don't know what is Chris
1: no, I agree, you know maybe, maybe that maybe that's why he did put it in there, Mike, you know I mean maybe that is it but that's a it's not going odd... acknowledge what Charles did. There can You can do both. You can, you can advance I agree. the ball. I agree. You can
2: acknowledge And this is an easy way to do it. It's an easy way to do the right thing. Acknowledge that Charles Robinson reported it two years ago. Here's the rest of the story. We asked Rogers about it. Yeah. He referred us to his agent. Right. And his agent goes to this.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I, I agree. There, just, that goes on a lot in the business right now. It, it does, you know, a, a lot. Uh, more than I would like. And, you know, I, I even see people say things that I go, wait, that's something – I said two days ago on my podcast word for word and then I'm watching another network and they're using a phrase that was exactly my phrase. And I'm going, damn, either they talk like me or they just listened to what I said and stole it. But nobody ever says anything. It just seems to wow. be kind wow, of the world wow, we're wow, in wow, right now. Wow, wow.
2: Yeah. I only thought your dad stole your stuff.
1: No, no only yeah. my dad <laughs> is my greatest. My dad is my greatest <laughs> police officer. He is the king of actually telling I'm me. Kidding. No, I know. Wait, hey, Listen. But uh yeah but but yeah but let's get back to Rogers there's plenty here to unpack.
2: All right. Sorry. Um so he goes on the record and there's a bunch of different stuff that that he gets to. Um and and he talks about uh Gutekunst and the improved communication. Remember when Rogers showed up that year? Right before camp, they took all the Packers' future bets off the board because somebody got freaked out at one of the sports books that he was going to retire, and he said he was 50-50, and then he shows up, and he does like a half hour of airing his grievances at his introductory press conference for that training camp. After that, they started to throw bouquets his way. They traded for Randall Cobb, even though they wanted nothing to do with having Randall Cobb on the roster. They gave in to the delicate genius. They brought back Randall Cobb. And there was this idea that there was improved communication with the front office and that Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst were getting along, said Rodgers, quoted on the record to Matt Schneidman, it still wasn't anywhere near what I've already enjoyed here with the Jets in just a few short weeks. So boom. uh, Yeah, and look, Joe Douglas, there are no accidents There are no coincidences. I see this entire effort by Rodgers, this willingness by him to go on the record and settle scores with the Packers and try to, to win the final verdict that it's their fault, not mine, that I'm not there. It's also a warning to his current team. And I said this recently about Stephon Diggs, and I think it's true of any player who becomes disgruntled with the team he's with in any way, shape, or form. If you trade for him... You are inheriting the possibility, if not probability, that he's going to be pissed off at you someday, too. Maybe for a different reason, maybe for the same reason. But Joe Douglas is on notice, and Robert Sala is now on notice. You're not dealing with the same breed of cat that you've had around whatever team you've been part of. This is Aaron Rodgers, and he will fight you, and he will find a way to win. And even after the battle's over, he's going to come back, and he's going to point at the corpse, and he's going to say... I won.
1: Yeah, well, this is – I mean, he he's become more like that the last few years. He has. And then, of course, we're talking like we just talked about a minute ago. We're talking about a legend of legends, you know, where most people would tell you, man, Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback they've ever seen in their life. It's that kind of guy, right? And he's – yeah, he's willing to use his power a little bit. Now, you know, for the thing for the Jets and good here is this doesn't seem like it's going to be the longest marriage ever. It's a, you know, one- or two-year thing. And things are all happy now, and we'll see where it goes. But, like, Aaron Rodgers still has every right to be bitter at Green Bay. Every right. And he is bitter. It got personal. He got personal on them. And, yeah, I don't love that he, you know, some of the things he did. But, man, when it still comes down to it, I'm supporting more Aaron Rodgers than I am the Green Bay Packers. There's no doubt. You know, we can just go down the list, and, you know, we've done this before. But, you know, lack of support throughout his career is annoying. Yeah. I mean, forget the – you know, the first round receivers or lack of free agents ever being on the football team, you know, never having, you know, like the thing I sent you the other day or said to you, Brady had more top 10 defenses after he turned 42 than Aaron Rodgers has had in his whole career. Right? I mean, so they never made moves to help him. And then they draft a quarterback and slap him in the face there and kind of disrespect him that way. As he's in the middle of a very team-friendly contract, and then, you know, the the thing that I think is interesting about the story and maybe we can unpack is, you know, was, of course some of the things he said and the OTA stuff, but really, Jordan loved the start of the end then the final, I think, like, oh, wait, now it really is the start of the end is what they did to Devontae Adams. That's another part that I found interesting as well, and, and that's where it kind of all started to go crazy it seems like.
2: I want to get to Devontae Adams, yeah. but, but, but look – Aaron Rodgers can't be the first starting quarterback in the NFL who was unhappy with the way his final days went. Joe Montana sure. surely wasn't. Tom Brady wasn't happy in New England his last year. There are probably more than I'm not capable yeah, of thinking of. Sure. Brett Favre wasn't happy. That played out publicly, though, because they pushed him out and then he tried to come back. I need to be careful with my hands because they're – although I, it's good. It's good. Don't Don't say I have small hands. So anyway, they told me to stay on target. Anyway, it's hard to stay on target when I'm doing this. Um, so my point is this. Rodgers is willing to get down in the mud and roll around. And I also think he is determined to be proven right. And I think some of this stuff may be revisionist history. That's what leads to the Devontae Adams. Because here's what he said. Yeah. Here's what he said about Adams. They offered him less money than Christian Kirk. And Adams is going, are you serious right now? I'm the best receiver in the league, and you're going to offer me less than Christian Kirk. With all due respect, he's not on Devontae's level. I'm sure that the team will say that's just business negotiation. It's like, yeah, you're also sending a message to that guy. And a lot of times, you can stick with guys and make them a little sour on things. That goes back to the first offer they made. And I don't think the Packers had the foresight. Obviously, they didn't have the foresight. That's fine. Sounds good. But it doesn't mesh with what happened. What happened was Devontae Adams wanted to go. He wanted to leave. He wanted to go play with Derek Carr. And we found out in the comments that Devontae Adams gave to the ringer a few weeks ago, he wanted to prove to the world that he can be a great receiver without Aaron Rodgers. This was preordained. Adams wanted to leave. All the rest of this is just detail. And Remember that didn't Adams himself say it wasn't about the money. It's not about the money. I wanted to go. So, you know, Rogers is determined to be proven right for his dislike of the Packers to the point where like the rest of us will twist reality to fit with our view, to convince others to sign off on the way we see things.
1: Yeah. It's not, not all the details are being filled in. It's a a convenient, you know, truth for Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not wrong in what he's saying, and I'm, sure, you know, there's truth there, and maybe that's what started the. He said he took less money. I, he took I, less no. money to
2: go to the Raiders. I know,
1: but maybe all I'm saying is maybe that started the thought in Devonte Adams. But like you said, there was way more to it. Devonte Adams talked about he, you know, wanted to be close to his family. He's from California. His grandmother had never been there. The Derek Carr thing, the get away from Aaron Rodgers thing. I think he even alluded to last week in that article as well. Is just that. He didn't. He didn't. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. And I'll paraphrase or say this: He didn't want to be a part of the Aaron Rodgers shenanigans. Am I going to get stuck there with a long-term contract, and then he's going to be gone with the Jets, and I'm going to be stuck there, you know, with Jordan Love and figuring out the offense? I think there's a million reasons there. You know, that offer and all that. Yeah, certainly, uh, maybe started things, but it isn't the only reason Devontae Adams left. Is is the point? I think. Right, but
2: the one that makes Rogers yeah look looks good. good. The one right. that bolsters his acts that he's still grinding regarding the Packers is the front office blew it. It had nothing to do with anything, but the front office pissing down their leg in the aftermath of the Christian Kirk deal. And that's why Devonte left. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with Devonte wanting to play for someone else or establish himself without me as his quarterback. It was all about how the front office screwed things up. And, Look, I'm I'm sorry if Aaron Rodgers doesn't like that we're saying this, but if you're going to put these quotes out there, our job is to interpret them and explain them. And I'm not taking this stuff at face value. I'm not, because he's trying to win. He's trying to be proven right. He's trying to make the Packers look bad. That's his motivation. And it becomes more and more obvious with everything he says. That leads us to what happened in Green Bay after Devontae Adams left. And look, one of the things, and I got to give Peter King credit because... After Adams left and Rodgers stayed away from the offseason program with these new receivers, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins was signed as a veteran. I said Rodgers needs to be there for the OTAs. And Peter's opinion was what happens in May has no bearing on what happens during the season. And then he saw what happened last year with the Chiefs and the Packers. It's a great juxtaposition. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is there for everything. He brings the guys down to Dallas. He takes notes and communicates them back to the team, as Andy Reid told you in the interview that you did before the Jaguars playoff game, with what these guys do well, what they don't do well. He was all in on getting comfortable with the new receivers and getting new receivers comfortable with him after he lost Tyreek Hill, who was traded to the Dolphins. So there's a lot of similarities here. Great receiver gone, great quarterback left behind. What does he do? Mahomes goes all in, and Rodgers acting out his – Petty discontent with the front office, cuts off his nose despite his face and doesn't show up. And now he's defending himself for not showing up for the OTAs without mentioning the extent to which his involvement would have made those young receivers more comfortable from the get go. That doesn't come up because that doesn't fit his narrative. The Packers are bad and I'm good. So here's what he says about the team's frustration for him not being there at OTAs last year. When I'm all in, I'm all in. And you want to ride with off-season workouts? I want MVP without doing off-season workouts. Like, was my commitment any less then? I'd say not at all. The way that I come to work, not just physically in good shape, but mentally refreshed is the best thing for me to have the season I wanted to have during those in Green Bay. I just think that's a cop-out written to try and find something to disparage me about that. Honestly, when you know what off-season workouts are really about, it's completely ridiculous. You are wrong, Aaron Rodgers. You are wrong. You are wrong. It's not about you. See, that's his problem. It's all about me. It's all about me. Am I physically refreshed? Am I mentally prepared? Am I ready to go? Can I win the MVP? Me, 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 me. Without a single thought, his brain's not even wired, Chris, to understand how his absence affects others who need to get comfortable in the offense and comfortable with him. He's been around so long that these guys who were coming into the NFL were in grade school when he won the Super Bowl. They are freaked out by Aaron Rodgers. Look at how the Jets players reacted to him. They're starstruck. They said the word. We are starstruck around Aaron Rodgers. That's why he needed to be there. He refuses to acknowledge it. He refuses to entertain the idea. And his position is anyone who would say it is just trying to disparage him. My God, he should run for
1: office. Well, it's, um. Yeah, I mean, you know, to piggyback off of what you said, you know, one of the things I, I wrote down, you know, as I, was writing my notes before the show, and the Rogers part is just I wrote you know, me instead of we in the in the quotes, just because that's that's exactly to what you're alluding to and what it sounds like. Yes, I I know, I know, and and yes, I know he's you know all in on himself and working and being the best he can be, but that's still and that's great, and I'm certainly not taken away from that. You know, I do have respect for the fact that Aaron Rodgers, he takes care of his body and works out, and he looks the way he looks and still got muscle and can run the way he can. It, it ain't all just God-given ability. He does work at it. But at the same time, you know, it goes against all the fundamental things we talk about football. It's the ultimate team sport. It's the ultimate about being there. And, yes, you might be at your best, but that doesn't mean we're at our best. We are at our best if you were there with us bringing us along, hot poker, oh, wait, it's the quarterback, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers, i got to be perfect, I better get in the playbook a little bit before I get to meetings today so i make sure I'm on. All... It's all of that that adds to the football team. That's why you, for the most part of his career, saw Brady there. And I think Belichick and company wanting him there more times than not. You know, it's why Brady was there before the Bucs won the Super Bowl. And like you're talking about with Mahomes right now and Joe Burrow, it's about building more than something about rather than just me and I'm at my best. It's more than that, and I think that's where maybe he is missing the point or dropping the ball a little bit there. You know, I would say to him, "Hey, when the only time you won the Super Bowl, were you there for OTAs that off season? I, I, I'm pretty sure he was in 2010." So that's where, you know, again, is it essential? Is it is it like you got to have it? I mean, no, but or do you can you go to bed feeling that you put your absolute best foot forward and did all the things you should exactly do as the leader of the franchise? That's where you got to ask yourself and that's where I would go, ah, you know, I don't know if I believe that if you're not there for fully for for OTAs.
2: Well, look, it all comes down to how you define success. And one of the things has become very clear over the years when it comes to Aaron Rodgers is he defines success more by individual accomplishments than by team accomplishments. You know, he's got that stats based argument as to why he's the best quarterback of all time. And he's so worried about touchdowns and interceptions because he wants to have that ridiculous, crazy ratio where he throws so many more touchdown passes than he throws interceptions. Like that's some plausible indicator of greatness. Greatness is championships. That's what the unwashed masses like you and I believe. And sometimes I just wonder, Chris, is this guy too smart for his own good? Does he get so lost in his thoughts and in his brain? And there's so many rooms inside of his synapses and neurons that he just Becomes his own worst enemy by overthinking everything. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Does Patrick Mahomes seem to be overthinking anything no, in his life? Patrick he's Mahomes, just living his life. I he's doing what he
1: needs to play do. Ball, yeah, right, let's play just ball. Go play I'll play ball and I want to throw balls and I'll just say hey, <laughs> I mean that, that's a horrible impersonation. I was trying to be Kermit the Frog there, but, but that you're is, right. No, yeah.
2: Pete says it's bad. I think it's good because there's a looseness to Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't get bogged down by the BS. No, he maybe doesn't. it's a function of age. Maybe it's because Rodgers has seen more, Rodgers is jaded, Rodgers has right. been screwed around by the front office. Maybe there is some degree of responsibility the team has for creating Rodgers in his current form. But you don't hear these younger quarterbacks talking about all this stuff and how they need and 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 I, look, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in balancing out your life and having appropriate mental health, but maybe when you're young you just don't need it. Maybe when you're older. Maybe that's just one of the one of the Additional drawbacks of being a quarterback who's pushing forty—it's not just your body that needs extra work; it's your mind that needs extra work. And maybe your mind is working on overdrive, and you're cluttering up the very simple, linear approach that a guy like Patrick Mahomes takes. What do we need to do to win football games? What do we? No, I don't care about being MVP. I don't care about throwing for five thousand yards. I don't care about anything. I care about winning enough games to position ourselves to compete for a chance to get to the Super Bowl and win it. What do we need to do? That's the goal. We we got a mountain to climb as a team. What do we need to do today to help ourselves get farther up the mountain? What do we need to do tomorrow to get farther up the mountain? And look, maybe after he's climbed the mountain or tried and failed to climb the mountain or successfully done it six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 times, his thoughts will go elsewhere. But for now, he's in a pretty... Compelling zone where he's not carrying those bags that Aaron Rodgers is carrying. He doesn't have that baggage.
1: He just goes. No, and, and it, yeah, there's a simple beauty in that. There is. There is. There's a there, there there's a guy that you just go, hey, he just loving playing the game and working at it and doing all that, you know. Now, hey, the start of his career has been pretty rosy and awesome, and it's two Super Bowls and three Super Bowl appearances, and damn, you know, it, so that's all going in the right direction. Rodgers, I'm sure, was not as jaded early on, but I think it's like kind of what you said. I think it's disrespect by, you know, the team, the disrespect total at the end there, you know, the fact that maybe in his eyes people don't recognize how good he is. You know, like I've told you, you know, and I'm, I'm not speaking at a turn here, but like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick, their favorite quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that, that, that's who their favorite quarterback was growing up. They were, whoa, Aaron Rodgers, oh, Aaron Rodgers. He's that kind of guy. So people in the sport know it, right? We heard Jason Garrett go, he's going down as one of the three greatest of all time. You know, he's maybe had the greatest effect on his team in, in the history of the sport. We've heard coaches say stuff like that, but I don't think the public realizes that. And I think that's where he's jaded too, right? I think he's a little bit of a, like the troubled kid or, you know, who's like, wait. You know, I'm the man, I'm the star. That guy can't do any of the things I can do, but everybody thinks he's the great one. And I think the Brady thing, yeah, plays into that for sure. You know, he knows, I know people, people in the business know. Brady tells people if Aaron Rodgers was in new England, he'd throw for 6,000 yards a year. He used to tell people that coaches in the NFL, people who announced games, so, but the public doesn't know that. And I think but that, the way last season ended and everything, that's where he's fighting these demons all the time. At least that would be my read from, you know, 10,000 feet above.
2: And that's what makes this year a significant one, because if it goes sideways this year, if it doesn't work, the public that currently isn't sold isn't going to become any True. more sold. True. Whereas if they have a great season – And he plays really well right out of the gates with the Jets, then maybe some folks will say we were wrong all along. He was a lot better. It was the Packers' fault in not putting enough around him and allowing his greatness to manifest itself in more Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl victories. He also spoke to the athletic about his 2022 season in Green Bay, a disappointing final year. I feel good about the way I showed up for my guys every single week. And it's convenient now to look at that, but. It wasn't a conversation when Russ Ball and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy would thank me for my speeches after games or the way I fought, played, and different things. You can rewrite history all you want, but like I said, I still got the receipts. Look, he's the one that is doing more of the rewriting of history than the Packers here, I believe. Based upon these quotes we've already looked at, this is a pretty strong exercise in revisionist history by Aaron Rodgers, all in the name of making himself look good, making the Packers look bad, and putting the jets on notice tread lightly around me, or you're going to be the subject of the story I do with the athletic two years from now, when I'm no longer a member of the team.
1: Yeah. I, I I mean, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, hopefully not a warning sign to the jets or anything like that. Hopefully this is a new beginning, but you know, the thing I just, I look at is more of like, just, you know, why do this now? Why you know why have guys like you and me talking about it why now you're going to have maybe people asking you again in the national media when you get when you get the, the the media gets around you after a jets practice here at some point again that that's where i just go what what is what is the good it's doing and i think you're probably right he's try probably trying more to communicate to the packers fan base to make sure that he looks like the good one that's the only logical thing i can come to there um you know, but yeah, it was a disappointing twenty two, two twenty twenty two season, and it did start out pretty good. But you know, the the fact of the matter is, the team didn't play up to its potential. He didn't play up to his potential. You know, he didn't make the rookie receivers feel comfortable or gel with them. And I think we can all connect a dot into not being there in the OTAs. I don't think that's unfair to qu- unquest to question that. And then his play itself was just not. Aaron Rodgers caliber it was the worst year of his career and you know me I'm the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan there is there's nobody that loves Aaron Rodgers more I think he's the greatest I've ever seen when he was on top of his game but last year was not it and it became conservative and not trying to, like you talked about the TD interception ratio, and sometimes feeling like, I don't know if he's you know, really trying to win the game or if he's just trying not to lose the game. And that that's you know, not going to get it done in the NFL, and that's kind of just a feeling I got a little bit watching Aaron Rodgers last year.
2: I'd love to have an alternate universe where the one difference, just one, was Rodgers being gone from the offseason program last year with the Packers the reality and the alternate universe being all in doing what Mahomes did with the young receivers. And then I'd like to spin it to the first offensive snap the Packers had last year at us bank stadium. After the Vikings have a methodical drive down the field, they score a touchdown. They go up seven, nothing on first and 10 from the Packers 25 Christian Watson blows by Patrick Peterson, wide ass open ball in his hands. And he drops it in that alternate universe where Rogers has been working with those guys and working with those guys and bringing them to California or wherever and the reps and the reps and the reps. And surely at some point Watson makes a drop and Rogers says the right thing to make him not sweat it, not overthink it, not worry about what happens when the lights are on. Does he catch that ball? Cause I think if I really do believe if he catches that ball and they win that game, I think if he catches that ball, they do win that game. And how does it, differently impact the way the season unfolds and i know there's too many moments and too many issues and too many wrinkles that factor into the stew that is a football season but i just i'd love to know if he'd been all in does watson catch that ball and then if he does catch that ball and they win that game how does the rest of the season play out if watson is playing the way that he was november and december in september and october
1: yeah, I, I I hear you, man. You know, I'll do that. Uh, I uh, I'm uh, I'm Howie Roseman. I don't I don't work in the world of if It's so, not a conspiracy. Okay? <laughs> I, agree. I know, but it's
2: just fun to think about it. Okay, Howie, Howie, cut me some slack, Howie. Okay. <laughs> uh and and now look. Here's something else. One thing I've learned doing this for twenty-two years. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes you got to know when to just let something go. Sometimes you just got to know when to stop talking about it and the one thing that aaron Rodgers needs to stop talking about or more accurately needed to stop talking about before he talked to the athletic about it this whole thing of who ghosted who and who called who it it sounds childish it sounds ridiculous but he got into that again this whole idea just to set the stage just to set the stage he's uh, there's this question of the packers like he said he said I didn't hear anything from them. Then all of a sudden they're trying to trade him. Gutekunst said, I'm trying to call the guy. I've been trying, I tried to call the guy the whole offseason to have a conversation about the future. He never calls me back. At some point we have to make our decisions about the future of the team. And then Rogers response is, well, I have bad cell service at my house glossing over all the different ways that you can get in touch with the guy. This is 2023. We have, we have advanced technological capabilities to get in touch with people. We are no longer pulling two cans tight with a string in between. There are ways to get in touch with people. But Rogers is still on this kick. And he said, I have zero or one bar at the house. So you call me. Sometimes it goes through. Most of the time it drops and doesn't go through. Everybody who knows me when I'm out West, they know that's how to get a hold of me. So you can say whatever you want about that. But that's the effing truth. Did Brian text me more than I texted him Yeah, But did I ghost him? No. I texted him back. There was back and forths that we had. And so this is the story you want to go with. You're going to stand on this hill of austerity. What the f- is that? And say that arguably in the conversation, the best player in your franchise history, you're just going to say I couldn't get a hold of him and that's why we had to move on? Like, come on, man. Just tell the truth. You wanted to move on. You didn't like the fact that we didn't communicate all the time.
1: Listen, I talk to the people that I like. Um, wow. Well, he got honest there at the end. That was wow. it. That was it. You know? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So
2: so that tells us, that tells us, that tells us. Look, he wasn't responding to the general manager of the team the way the general manager of the team needed him to respond so they could implement their plans and make their decisions. He wasn't responding because he doesn't like him. I talked to the people that I like. He wasn't responding to him, and at some point they did have to move on. The problem is Rogers tried to craft this narrative that I'm just minding my own business, and I find out that they're – looking to trade me and i didn't do anything they they told remember remember when he was on with pat mcafee march 17th they told me when i left to end the season doors open we want you here we love you we want you here and then i go about my business i go into my dark closet and i come out and i find out they're trying to trade me and hawk aj hawk asked him well wait when did you first feel that things were wrong and he said during the season i think hawk kind of gently said but you said it was." fine at the end of the season I may not be getting that 100 accurate I'm not trying to engage in revisionist history here but I just remember being, being very impressed that they they gently pushed him on this point where he's crafting this narrative that they go from loving me and wanting me there to looking to trade me well no that really wasn't the case look when you left at the end of the year you knew something wasn't right you knew something was a mess and it was either them or it was you or it was a combination yeah So that's where this all came from. He tried to set up a contrived narrative that made him look good and them look bad. Guttekunst called him on it. And now we're in this stupid tit for tat over who ghosted who, who tried to call who. And at the end of the day, he just threw his hands up in the air and said, I only talk to the people that I like, making it clear that he wasn't getting in touch with Guttekunst the way that that maybe he needed to to have the kind of conversation they should have had before everybody moved on.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it sounds like both are kind of, you know, trying to save face. I mean, you really dig, in, dig into it. It's kind of BS on both sides there for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, again, my two cents would be that he got the sense that they would want to move on, and he he then wanted to move on himself once he realized he wanted to play football. They wanted to move on. But they didn't want to make it sound disrespectful, so they kind of played, oh, you know, we didn't – the communication wasn't quite the right way. I mean, which is also BS. I mean, like, Rogers' point's real. He's the best player in the history of the franchise. If they really needed to get a hold of him, like, you take the freaking plane and you go out there and talk to him, period. Like they did the year before. I know, right. Like so they, they don't the have before. an excuse. that like That's a bad excuse on there. They're both – neither one passed the smell test, in my opinion. And, again, it's just two people or two sides there, I think, that are yeah, trying to save face and not look bad in the, the Packer you know, fan base world. You know what it reminds
2: me of? To finish this segment where it started with our Lego discussion and the Seinfeld <sighs> set, there's an episode where George's girlfriend wants to break up with him. And she says, we need to talk.
1: And he doesn't ever want to talk, George right? avoids.
2: <laughs> George avoids the conversation right. as long as he can. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the tone. I must be out or I would pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. What a way to end the segment. Wow. Let's take a break. I think we're going to cancel this during the break. They Find might. out next whether we survive that pathetic display when BFD live continues right after this.
0: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference.